you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ, INZ, and the holidays have come and gone. We hope Santa Claus has been good to you if you celebrate Christmas, and it is New Year's Day. New Year's Day means two things. First, I did not get kissed at midnight, and the college football playoff begins today with the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. As of this recording, the Rose Bowl has come and gone, and in a result that surprised no one outside of South Bend, Indiana, and maybe Woodlawn, Notre Dame lost again. 31-14 to 14 over Alabama. Roll Tide, roll all over your ass. And <laughs> we are headed towards probably what the college football playoff had in mind when they decided to put this all together. You know, it's a little bit of wrestling. You want to get to your desired outcome, you just put a couple sticks in there with them. As of right now, though, Ohio State is ahead of Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, but time will tell. We will see if it ends up being what everybody thinks it's going to be, Alabama and Clemson. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, flight crew through and through, the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? Happy New Year. How's Happy it going? New Year. I'm just sick and tired of seeing Notre Dame getting their ass kicked on national TV. I just can't. I don't know what they were thinking. I just, I, I would have rather see Cincinnati in that game, but uh, you're right. It looks like we're going to get what everybody was asking for, and that's Clemson. Alabama. It's exactly what it's looking like right now. And hey, you know what? It's going to be interesting because we don't know what Ohio State is. They only played six games. Granted, they were, were undefeated, but it's not enough of a sample size. And you know what? This game has a lot of shit talking going because of the coach, Davo Sweeney, when he put in his. Uh, most recent college football playoff ranking, he ranked Ohio State 11. And his justification was that he felt they hadn't played enough games. So, you know, this is why you play the game, though. And we're going to find out how good Ohio State is. But in your opinion, who would you rather be? Would you rather be the team that's only played six games, or would you rather be the team that's played 11 games? I'd rather be the team with a lot more a lot more games under my belt. I know what I've got. I know what works. Especially with Clemson, Lawrence had COVID. He came out of it. It's gone through the team a little bit. So I would rather have overcome those odds and have that character than just be a team that 
didn't really get tested all that much. Do you think Clemson has the advantage? I think Clemson has the talent advantage and the uh, the overall. Well, I mean, we both can agree Clemson's a better team. I mean, we're not arguing. We're not arguing that point. I'm just curious. No, you can't. Yeah, I'm just curious. You know, would you rather be the team that only played six games, or if you'd rather be the team that you know was tested and went through ups and downs and was challenged on you know different levels? Not for sure. And you know what? Ohio State, there's got to be a little doubt in there because they know how many games they've played and they know the competition that they played. So it's one of those things that maybe, you know, maybe doubt does creep in, especially if Clemson, you know, gets a gets an advantage on them. And um, this could be a momentum builder for them. And it could be a character revealing game. And if they do beat Clemson, Ohio State has a lot of momentum, and you know what? They can they can match up with Alabama absolutely. If you've gotten this far, no, I don't know. I mean, you have. To I don't be, know. Uh, you got to have some modicum of talent. But, th- but when you say you this know? far, I mean, they only played six games, and who did they beat? Like, who who who's the person on their schedule that you're like, oh man, they beat that team. I can see why they're here. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's the one thing that – that's the problem with this past season. It's just that people started at different times. People came in with their – I mean, the Big Ten in particular, they, they started with their uh, high and mighty, we're, oh, we want to play this number of games and you're not going to be allowed in and see how quickly that backtracked once Ohio State didn't qualify. Yeah. I so, mean, I guess, yeah. I guess they're hanging their hat on Northwestern who we all know is like borderline Ivy League school. They're not really known for their athletic program. They wind up finishing 14th. And Indiana, who really should have been in the Big Ten game, uh, they finished ranked 11th. Penn State was, you know, we thought Penn State was going to be a big-time program this year, but they finished unranked, so... You know that I guess that's who they hang their hat on. They beat Indiana and they yeah. beat Northwestern, but I mean, at, I, I Penn State hasn't been anything to write home about, right? But I think done. I think if Ohio State gets in the national championship game, they're gonna get their blown their doors blown off by Alabama, who's played eleven, will be now twelve games. They ha- they have two Heisman candidates, and they're just ferocious on defense, like. I, I mean, maybe for me, like, I haven't seen enough of Ohio State to think of them as this, like, superpower. I'm not really big on Justin Fields. Um, I think he's okay. I mean, if you're comparing him to the last couple of Ohio State, you know, uh, quarterbacks, I mean, where does he really rank in, in that in that hierarchy? And then even their running back, I couldn't even tell you his name. I'm not going to – I mean, <laughs> Zeke Elliott is definitely better than, you know, than this guy. So – it's just things like that where I, I they, they really just forced this team in there, and I would have rather seen a you know a better team. Yeah, well, that's the thing with this; it is as much of a TV show as it is athletic competition. So, do the Cincinnati Bearcats move the needle? I don't necessarily know that. Do the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers move the needle? <laughs> you I don't just know. wanted to say Chanticleers. <laughs> I just wanted to say it absolutely. And does BYU move the needle? Maybe where I am. I mean, I'm one state over. Maybe they move the needle. You know, but... 
Not yeah, the Bearcats actually put up a good game against Georgia. And and that just goes to show you, like, they were winning. They lost in the final 10 seconds of the game on a 53-yard field goal. Like, they went toe-to-toe with Georgia. That's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal for, for Cincinnati. And you're, so you, you're telling me they couldn't put up a good fight against, you know, Alabama? Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the, and we'll never know. Yeah. And that, that's the that's the part that sucks about this. But you know who did put up a fight? Mississippi State. They got into a fight with Tulsa <laughs> after the game. Literally. You know, way to literally. go, guys. <laughs> like, literally, way to show that fight. Good job. And they, they were a 4-7 team. Like, how – we need to – can we make a New Year's resolution that a team with a horrible record like that shouldn't be allowed in a bowl game? Like, come on, four and seven. I, I get, I get you want to put name schools in bowls, but if you have a shit record, you should not be in. A How bowl embarrassing game. was it that it was the Armed Forces Bowl? <laughs> That's terrible. That's freaking ridiculous. That's embarrassing. And, and what? And what happened? It took the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, opting out due to COVID for Army to get in. Army had a better record than Tennessee, but Tennessee got invited to the bowl game. I don't understand what these decisions. I, I, I just don't you get You know, it. one thing I will say, I mean, I think if you did get rid of the NCAA, you definitely would see a lot more fights break out in college games because where are the ramifications? Like, who's going to hold these schools accountable for their players? They're, they can't self-inflict penalties or or um you know removal from the team and things like that at least the ncaa can enforce some of those things and i think if if the ncaa was to disappear you'd see a lot more fighting but that fight was pretty brutal that's ridiculous but you know what in 2020 you don't you don't have to fight man you just gotta take your helmets off just walk around without a mask (laughs) like i'm just i got your ass like we're gonna do this I, i might cough on you Forget, uh, forget punch you in the face. I might cough on you. <laughs> it's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. Speaking of cough, the New England Patriots coughed up a huge game to the Buffalo Bills, losing 38-9. to Cam Newton looked like ass. The defense looked like ass. They got shredded. And, you know, it really makes you wonder. Like, that team, like, it doesn't really show you anything about the Buffalo Bills. And I'm left scratching my head. Are How serious of a contender are the Buffalo Bills after that game? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they are a serious contender. Uh, they're number four in total offense they're averaging about 30 points per game they've defense has stepped it up the last couple of weeks maybe it's because of who they've played but they do have a top 10 defense so yeah i i think it says more about the the buffalo bills and i think they're they're they can compete with the chiefs they can compete with the colts you know they they can compete with these teams maybe even the ravens the ravens might give them a tough time uh because the ravens play probably better defense but you have to look at the talent they've put together, and I think they're they're a formidable opponent in the in the AFC. 
Yeah, one thing that does scare me is their running game. It yeah. is pretty much non-existent outside of Josh Allen. And in the playoffs, you really don't want to be exposing your quarterback to excessive hits outside of the pocket. So definitely something like if they play the Ravens, that could be a real that could be a troublesome game. If they played the Steelers with the full complement of players, like Bud Dupree's not healthy, Spillane's not, not healthy. Those, all, those guys uh, aren't coming back. All those yeah, those guys aren't coming back. So, you know, a fully a fully healthy Steeler team would give me would give me pause because Josh Allen's gonna get hit. He's gonna get hit hard. So, I mean, as far as his connection to Stefan Diggs, that is unquestioned. He, I mean, Dawson Knox is a pretty decent option as tight end. I mean, when John Brown is healthy, he's good. Cole Beasley goes over the middle like no got business. Hurt. I think he got hurt. Hopefully he yeah. can come back. Um, hopefully you can. I think I think they they're they're not good at running the football, but it it ha- it, it has to do with scheme more than it has to do with talent. Because I do think Singletary is a decent back, and the guy that they drafted, Zach Moss, I think is his name is out of Utah. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie, yep. but he he's gonna come on. It, it's a lot. It's it's basically scheme. Um, and it's attention to detail where they lack there. Josh Allen gets his runs because everyone's so afraid of him passing the ball. And then he pulls it down and, and he takes off. He's like six seven. He's a big dude. Um, but you just wonder if experience is going to hurt them come playoff time. Like, you're not going to be able to make those mistakes. I don't know if you remember, but earlier in the season, Allen was very careless with the ball. He was coughing it up. Um, he coughed it up to the Jets. He coughed it up to New England the first time around. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and, Pitts, and that, you raise a good point. Like, a team like Pittsburgh and a team like Baltimore – they're going to be able to scheme for him. And the cold doesn't bother those teams. You know, at least if he has to play a team like Miami or maybe even a team like the Colts, like they might not be ready to go play in Buffalo. But um, if they're going to advance in the playoffs, they're going to definitely have to uh, control the football. And they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. That's the whole thing is they could put up 30 points if they had to, you know. And their defense isn't as bad no, as no. you know people let right, on to be. Right. I mean, Ed Oliver gets after the quarterback. Matt Milano's a pretty decent uh, linebacker, and then you have you know well, Tredavious White, Poyer. and you have Poyer. Poyer is good. You, you know, Poyer is good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That secondary is really underrated. So I mean, they can give everybody, they can give anybody a game. I just my main concern is the you know. Defense is scheming to shut down Josh Allen, yeah, and seeing how they can how they can counterattack that. So it's really more on Brian Dayball than it yeah. is on Josh Allen. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think Diggs like leads the league in receptions this year, so they've definitely found ways to get him the ball. And as far as New England's concerned, it's like you would think they would put up a you know a better fight, and and you know it's just it's just they they're not executing like they had in the past. And you could just imagine how bad this team would be if Tom Brady was still there. I mean, Cam Newton, you know, yeah, he does look bad, but I mean, what does he, what does he got around him? Like, I, I don't chalk this all up to Cam. I mean, he's, I really do think he's doing the best that he can. I mean, they ran a play in the beginning of the game. It was a, it was a, a flea flicker. The guy is wide open for a touchdown. It hits him in the chest, and actually, they get hit him in his face mask, and he, he fell on the ground. It's just like, ah, these are, these are failed opportunities, and, and you, you can't, like, when you play New England style of football. You can't miss those opportunities. Like those have to be cashed in. And the funny part about it is, I think he was. They brought him in from Carolina because of his chemistry with Cam Newton. Yeah. 
So it's one of those things that who bird? Yeah, he's used to bird. Yeah, bird. <laughs> yeah, bird. But he's used to throwing his shit receivers. You <laughs> he know? is, and that but, yeah, you're right, you're right. Because even the years that he was like MVP and that they went to the Super Bowl. You know, they didn't have world beaters on the outside. And Greg Olson. Oh, they had Steve Smith. But I'm just trying to say, like, you know, Steve Smith was – he was good. I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a great player. He was a good player. But – and it was the same thing with Brady. You think about all the years Brady went to the, – the, all the years Brady won the Super Bowl, he never had that much talent on the outside. Like, even when they had Randy Moss, they didn't win the Super Bowl. You know, Wes Welker nope. didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you nope. know? So, you just, you just see how much Brady was able to – to compensate and 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 how much he made that team look better because I tell you right now the New England has one of the best offensive lines so it's not it's not the offensive yeah. line and defense they've always been middle of the road defense like they're opportunistic and they're they, they don't blitz they, they're gonna rush their four they're gonna drop into zones they're gonna make you beat them with the guy you don't want to beat them with that's always been the game plan but this year the offense was exploited and uh, and they're gonna and that's it for them. You know, and they, they, you know, they have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, but a surprise over the weekend, I think it surprised both of us, was that the Colts went into Pittsburgh and lost. We totally thought that the Steelers were going to roll there. I mean, we totally thought the Colts were going to roll there. Um, so I ask you, is this a bigger win for the Steelers or was this a bigger loss for the Colts? It's a good get right game for the Steelers, but it is it's more about the Colts. This was a game they had to have, and they couldn't they get it They botched done. it, man. This <laughs> Pittsburgh's on the ropes. They're getting just punched in the face by every team they play, starting with Washington. And yeah. and you, you have a chance to deliver a real knockout and solidify your place in the playoffs, and you totally whiffed. You whiffed. You didn't need, it's not like you hit him in the chest and you hit him in the arm. You went for a swing, and you completely missed. The, the dead carcass of uh, Connor – Scored a touchdown in the game. I don't even know how the <laughs> hell that happened. That guy, that guy's the worst. Right? They're they're catching touchdown passes. Uh, Ben's Ben's not getting sacked. Like, what is happening? Is Connor still on your fantasy team, by the way? Yeah, and he was on the bench for that game. <laughs> but you know what? We should not be surprised. I mean, we've been watching football pretty much all of our lives, and. Philip Rivers comes up short when it matters most. He did it when he was in San Diego. He did it when they moved to LA. And now he did it for Indianapolis. It's kind of just what he does. So, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. They still have a shot. It's, it's slim, but they still have an opportunity to get right. And, you know, this team is very talented. Yeah, so but I'm not be disappointed. Right, right. But I'm not, I'm not going to throw that loss on Philip Rivers. I mean, they were winning 21-7 at halftime. So what was what was the conversation at halftime? You guys like packing your bags and be like, oh, we got this. This is over. Like what what the hell happened? Like, I mean, Phillip Rivers for his age and for where he was going to play against the defense he was playing against, he didn't do so bad. He was 21 for 34, 270 yards and a touchdown interception. He did to me, he did what he had to do. JT had a great game, 74 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this was on the defense. The deep, like, you had teams like Washington. You had teams like the Bengals shutting the Pittsburgh Steelers down. And you let this Pittsburgh Steelers score four touchdowns on you? They scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter? That's basically what determined the game. 
They shut him out in the fourth quarter. The Steelers scored 14, and the Colts had no response. To me, that's coaching. That boils yeah, down to coaching. Be. So yeah, you could say you that. Could, you, know, you, don't let them, you, you don't let a team like that who has been in the been circling the drain. You don't let them off the Yeah, hook. now and yeah, now now it's Pittsburgh, they're benching their players this weekend because they're I think they're locked into a two seed, I think. Uh and the Colts have to win this weekend. The Colts could finish the season ten and six and not make the playoffs. That's embarrassing. And then you have the situation like you just said, they're benching Roethlisberger. They're gonna play Mason Rudolph against the Browns. <laughs> And the Browns have something on the line here. And they need yeah, not just yeah. Mason Rudolph's head. Yeah, and they named Miles Garrett a captain for the game, which is awesome. <laughs> so he's going to be walking out there with his chest out, supposedly a reformed man. But, yeah, I mean, he, the Browns have a lot to play for. And it just uh, – I was, I was very surprised because I think that was the one game I said Pittsburgh's definitely – you know, not going to beat the Colts. Like, you know, yeah, I know I told, I know I said that Washington was going to beat them when we did our picks. I didn't see the Bengals company coming, but I totally thought the Colts would, would beat them of all the teams, you know, but we both, we both had the bills and we both had the Colts. Right. Right. So, so, so it was just, yeah, it was, it was, I think it I think it says a lot about the Colts. Um, and you just wonder, you know, how, how much is this going to linger, right? So let's say they do get right and they do win this weekend. Like, is this going to linger into the postseason? Like, you 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 can't go on the road and lose a game like that. Like that that just shows you're not. To me, that shows you're not ready. Um, no, it's a. They're probably a one and done team. If if they get that, if they get in, they're done in the first round. Which is in, which is unfortunate because I, you know, after their <laughs> after their opening. They lost to Jacksonville. <laughs> we pretty right. we pretty much thought that they were done. <laughs> Jacksonville was like, yes, we won. Now don't win any more games. <laughs> That's it. All right, exactly. everyone, stop. Don't don't overcommit yourself. But I think we, well, at least for me, I, I I had the Colts going to the you know the championship game with the Steelers. So it was unfortunate to see uh, how they played because now I believe all the Titans need to do is win. I think the Titans are going to get in over them. Uh, I mean, there are a lot, I mean, there's a lot of teams still in play. So you have, speaking of teams still in play, (laughs) Miami this weekend goes into Buffalo to try and get into the playoffs and they're going to do it with only Tua since Fitzy tested positive for the Rona. Rona, right. That's yeah. Rona. That's what he tested positive for, right? Yeah, okay. that's what he tested just, positive just for. Just making sure. No, definitely. I mean, he tested positive for swag, too, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, you know, Coach Flo, he knows what he's doing with his team. He's got his finger on the pulse. Does he? he saw the, does he really? Do you really think, I think so? he does. You know, it, it's like baseball, right? Well, what did I say in the production meeting? They called him the closer. <laughs> yeah, but this I isn't think- baseball. This isn't college. Like, you know, I, I – I don't, I don't like what he's, I don't like what he's doing. You know, it's either you're going to stick with the kid or you're going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. This, this thing going back and forth. I think we, we talked about this a couple of days ago when I was texting you, when we found out about the Rona, <laughs> we were saying like, you know, this is, this is, this is to his time, right? This is it. Yeah. Like this, this is going to tell, in my opinion, this is going to tell the Miami Dolphins, do we need to draft a quarterback? In the draft, 
this year. Because let's not forget, they're getting the Texans pick. That could be like a number five pick. <laughs> so, and 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 the thing about it is, is, I really do think Tua can do it, right? I think he can. I think he can pull it off. The numbers are a little. The numbers are a little wonky, right? He's got ten touchdowns yeah. and two interceptions, which you would say, oh yeah, that's really great. The problem is, is he only averaging six point three yards per attempt. That's awful. Uh, it's a little concerning to me. It's a lot of dinking and dunking. Um, now granted he's a year away from, he's a year removed from some serious surgery. Like he had hip surgery. Like he had some, you know, he, 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 his body needed to recover. Uh, but in nine games, I think, I think he's doing well. He's doing better than I thought he would do. Uh, but I, I do think he could pull it off this weekend. I think he needs to pull it off this weekend. I don't know, but he's going to get Buffalo's best shot. Unlike Pittsburgh and unlike Kansas City, from what I from what I understand, Sean McDermott's not resting his teeth. I mean, I haven't heard. Anything. I mean, they all say that, but you know, I, I can't imagine them playing more than a half. Uh, but in a half, you can definitely put a team away. The other thing so, is, is this this game is in Buffalo, and I believe that the governor of New York is allowing fans to go to the game in Buffalo this week. I think it's like 6,000 or 3,000 fans they're allowing to actually go to the game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if Buffalo is just going to roll over, you know, for the Miami Dolphins. No, it's, it's an interdivision, uh, you know, it's a division rival. We don't, I don't expect them to, to give them anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, nor should they, you know, these are the games that you get up for you get up for your rivals and and if you can keep them out of the playoffs that's a double win yeah um yeah i just i think i think you're gonna find out a lot about two of this weekend because it's not easy to go up into orchard park and throw 15 yard outs in 15 degree weather that's just really really difficult so uh, he's... But the one thing that Miami has is, and they've been demonstrating, is that they have a very good running game. Yeah, right. They've been subbing guys into that position all year, and they've all been able to do very well. And they can throw the ball. Parker is a good receiver. Grant is a good receiver when he's healthy. Gusecki's mm-hmm. proven that he's a good tight end. Like, the, I think in the beginning of the, the year when we first started the show. I actually thought Brian Flores was a perfect candidate to get fired because you were going to tank the season, get the, get a top pick, get Lawrence, see what you got with Tua, and and make a decision from there. But he, yeah. he does no defense. I Like we've been talking about, Miami plays very good defense. Their corners are like two of the top ten corners in the league. So they're a team that I don't know if Buffalo or anybody really wants to play in the postseason unless you're playing in cold weather. Right. I mean, from what I've seen, I've been watching a lot of Miami recently and as good as Howard and Jones are, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of warts there, a lot of handsy play and a lot of pass interference calls. So you're just giving up chunks of free yardage and that's not, I mean, you can't get, you can't win in the playoffs if you're doing that. No, no. You're just giving up free yards, man. Right. And right. The, at the end of the day, you're going to get straight up blown out if you're going to do that. Blowed out, blowed out. But you know, we said it that no one's really 
you know, giving away wins this weekend, but it seems like the NFL is trying to give away MVP awards because all they're talking about is Mahomes and Rodgers. So I think you know my answer on this, but so who are you taking, Mahomes or Rodgers for MVP at this point? We both agree that it should be between Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. This is a gutless, gutless position by the NFL that it's a quarterback award because the quarterbacks are the stars. They get the they get the lion's share of the praise and also the lion's share of the blame. But if I'm forced to choose between these guys, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does not have the complement of players around him, player for player, comparative compared to what Patrick Mahomes has. Tunyon and Kelsey, you got Adams and Hill. Adams and Hill is really the only comparable, you know, comparable position. Uh, Edwards Alaire, he's hurt, and now, you know, they have a rotating. You know, Aaron Jones is good, but. You know, you still have – I mean, A.J. Dillon had a great game the other day. He's a good guy so, to – to. he's a good running back for the snow. You can see that's why they got him because he's a yeah. big – he's a big dude. That That's a that's a problem. That's a for problem. sure. I mean, for me, Rodgers is winning – is doing more with less, and now he just lost David Bakhtiari. So that's, yeah, I was going to mention that. That's going to be a killer. That's going to be a death nail for him. But I, I think based on the fact – based on the players around him, I would give it to Aaron Rodgers. And as you know, I picked – the Packers to finish last in the division. So <laughs> this is my makeup to you, Aaron. If we know you're listening. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you, you said it already, but for me, it's neither of these guys. I mean, I, if my guy was Dalvin cook all year, but his father passed away and our condolences go out to the cook family um, Rest in peace. and he's not going to play this weekend. Which, rightfully so, they're out of it, and he already heard that he's not being mentioned for MVP anymore, so why play? But if you look at the other guy, the running back, you see Derrick Henry, second straight rushing title, looks like that's going to happen. He's got over 1,500 yards, and he's tied in the league for 14 rushing touchdowns. He's probably going to get two or three more this weekend against, a, you know, I think they're, I think they're playing Houston, right? Uh, yeah, against Houston. Yes. So that, to me, is the guy. Uh I can't recall a bad game he had where the loss was on his shoulders. He fumbled. He didn't have enough rushing yards or touchdowns. So to me, he's the person we should be talking about. Now, if you're going to tell me that I have to pick between Aaron, Charles Rogers, and Patrick Mahomes, I'm actually going to go with Mahomes. And here's the reason why So the argument for me in the NBA is LeBron should win the MVP trophy every year because he's the best player. He's the most valuable player to his team being the best player. Right now, Mahomes to me is that guy. And I'm a Tom Brady fan, and Tom Brady's always going to be my guy. But, you know, he's the best player at his position, and he wills his team to win. The things that he does on the field are incredible. Now, the only problem I have is, is why are we singling out Rodgers and Mahomes? For me, Mahomes had a really bad loss against the Raiders. And I'm not trying to say this is a college system where one loss and we don't consider you anymore. 
but the Raiders turned out to have one of the worst defenses in the league so bad that they fired their defensive coordinator three weeks ago. And granted, the Raiders are the only team to give the Chiefs a blemish on their record. That's a pretty bad blemish. Okay? Now, for Rodgers, the game against Tampa Bay was god-awful. I mean, they couldn't get out of their own way in that game. And if you look at the numbers, right, you got Mahomes. He's got 30, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions. You got Rodgers with 44 touchdowns and five interceptions. So if we're looking at numbers, it's Rodgers, right? But then, right. oh, there's this guy named Tom Brady who's got 36 and 11. So you're telling me just because Tom's got five more interceptions, he's not in the conversation at 41, 42 years old, playing for a brand-new team and a brand-new system, making a team that hasn't made the playoffs in I don't know how many years make the playoffs. He's not the most valuable player this year. I don't know about that I don't know. One. He should be in the conversation. Cook should be in the conversation. Henry should. And even Alvin Kamara should. Just the yeah. way he's been yeah. doing. Yeah, right? 100%. Especially Kamara. without Breeze, without Michael Thomas. That, that's actually a very – I'm glad you brought that up. That is a very valid question. Like if we're not going to talk about Tom and we're not going to talk about King Henry, where's Alvin Kamara fit on this list? Because to me, those guys bring more value to their team. What you just said, Kamara because Breeze was out, Thomas was out. They won the division because of him. I think he's the leading receiver on the team actually. Yeah. And then you talk about Brady going to a place that hasn't won, hasn't made the playoffs, gets there in the first year, and his numbers aren't even that far off from the guys that they're talking about who should be winning the award. And that's no discredit to Rodgers or Mahomes because I, I do think both are great players. But, I mean, we got to figure out what this award really means. Exactly. And you know what? they're going to find out how valuable Alvin Kamara was to this team because he tested positive and he's probably out for the playoffs. So he, Yeah, he's and, – and see, and then this is the problem, right, with not giving the first seed and the second seed a bye because in a normal year, it would be okay because he would miss the first week and that's fine because they're not playing anybody. Now you've put a, a tremendous disadvantage to New Orleans Saints that have to play a seven seed because of this new format. I think this new format sucks. I hate it. Because football is a tough sport. And you know what? You got to give two teams a bye. You got to reward the, the top two teams. Number one team gets home field advantage. Number two team gets the bye. And they get their first game at home. Because that would benefit the New and, and granted, I don't think New Orleans Saints are that great this year. But, you know, it, it just sucks that they could be out in the first round having to play a seven seed when they really shouldn't have to deal with that. I mean, they they could very well fall victim to the formula, the you know the new, the new formula, format, so. the new format, yeah. and then a guy that's not going to be playing any playoff games or any NFL games anytime soon is Mr. Dwayne Haskins, who was drafted oh. 15 overall. His uh, he's now a free agent, and I think the latest news he signed up with some other football league. Uh, man, you you talk about a fall from grace. Not only did he get cut, but nobody claimed him. So we probably know this other football league isn't going to be his future. But, you know, how do you see things ending up for for uh, Mr. Ohio State over there? Not well. Unless you, in short, not well. You, He's demonstrated that he's not good on the field. 
He's not seeing, he's not progressing as a professional and you're supposed to be a leader of men. You know, he were named a captain. You're that's your job. Your job is to be a leader of men. So for you to show such poor judgment after a game to go, you know, I get your girlfriend's birthday, whatever, you know, is that what it was? It, it allegedly was his girlfriend's birthday. Allegedly, allegedly. Is she, is she worked there? I, I, mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, that's, but but you know, maskless with strippers, and allegedly it was his girlfriend's birthday. Maybe she was. A, I don't know. But, but dude, you can't show that poor that poor of judgment and expect to be taken seriously. You need to do. You know, it's gonna be some major rehab on your image. And, you know, it's going to take a while. You're going to be a practice squad quarterback. You got to be used to that, you know? Like, guys, uh, like, you know, yeah. you're going to have to work your way back into the circle of trust if we're going to go back to meet the parents, right? You know, yeah. you, you're not in the circle of trust <laughs> right now. So, I mean, maybe he goes to, a, like, a Seattle and yeah. kind of works his way yeah. into it. I was it. thinking the same or, thing, yeah. Or the Rams. The Rams could definitely use some of the starting I, I, a dude who played for Wake fucking Forest, for Christ's sake, and it wasn't I, Kendall Hinton. It was, the thought, guy, it was the guy that beat out Kendall Hinton. I thought, I thought, I thought the same thing that the Rams would be a good fit for him too. But I actually misspoke before. I thought he was joining a new league. It's just that's the new agency he's becoming a part of because he fired his agent and now he joined with Goal Line Football. Uh, that's the new agency he's going to be working with. But so a couple of things went to my mind when I when I saw this happened was I mean there must have been a real fallout after that last game uh, because he really had an opportunity to really prove the skeptics wrong and he had an opportunity to really show his worth if he could have won that, win that game and play really well. And he actually played, he played lousy and uh, so bad that he got waived like two days later. Um, the other, the other thought that I came into my mind is like, is this, is this thing with OSU quarterbacks? Like what was the last Ohio state quarterback that turned out to be good and worth a damn? Uh, it's kind of, it, it you know, when Ryan Leaf is reaching out to you, giving you advice, you know you you really Ooh, fell off the wagon, man. <laughs> he really fell off the wagon. I mean, but, I'm waiting for that call from Jamarcus Russell. Jesus Christ. But um, no, I do I do think he has the opportunity to be a two somewhere. Um, like you said, I think Seattle, um, L.A., uh, Baltimore, I, and which is very close by. And since he's a local guy, I think he's a Jersey kid. Um. I think Jacksonville, especially if they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, um, it wouldn't hurt to have him there. Just ask the Bengals that one. Um, <laughs> Indianapolis, because I think Phillip Rivers only had a one-year deal. I doubt he comes back. So they're definitely going to either be in the market for a quarterback. They're going to draft a quarterback. So, you know, why not take a guy that's got some pro experience? Um, I even thought about the Texans uh, just because of Deshaun Watson has had a lot of success there. Like, or Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater, um, because it it kind of, it does remind me a little bit of Jamarcus Muscle because he does have talent. He can throw the football. It's the decision making, um, mm-hmm. and and that's something he might be able to grow up and grow out of. And if if he's surrounded by the right players, uh, clearly Ron Rivera wasn't be able to get through to him. But if you've got a leader um, like a Russell Wilson or um, you know, a, a, a Sean McVay, who is more of an offensive-minded person and yeah. can, you know, can really take you and, and turn you into the player you should be, that might be the, the better route to go. For sure. 
Um, the one thing that gives me pause about Baltimore is that while he was born in Jersey, he was raised in the DC area. So a lot of it, a lot of the thing was, oh, like he's in his quote unquote hometown. He's got his hangers on and all that. Baltimore is not far enough from DC. So those still, those people will still be in his ear and they'll still be around him. So that's one thing that would give me pause if I was the Ravens. And, you know, we left out a, another team that, um, that might be in the market for a quarterback, either a backup or a starter. And apparently I haven't been there, but there are some pretty good strip clubs and that is Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they, I don't know what Atlanta is going to do. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely, especially if Matt Ryan leaves, but I'm not sure if their offensive coordinator is uh, capable of molding Dirk Cutter, I believe is the offense coordinator there. He's yeah. also the guy that uh, was uh, the, the head coach for Jameis Winston for a number of years. He might not be the, the best candidate there. <laughs> uh, but, but like I said, you know, one of the places that he could potentially go is Jacksonville Jaguars. And last weekend, they clinched the number one pick. Um, so are you optimistic about their future or pessimistic about their future now that we know uh, what direction they're going to be going in? J-E-T-S, what did you do? But um, uh, they have some players. I mean, Shark is good. Robinson, yeah. has, Robinson has been a revelation. Yeah, sure. So... You know, if they get Trevor Lawrence and maybe they're going to get Dabo Swinney to go along with Trevor Lawrence since Doug Marone's probably out on his ass. Shad Khan, he, he, he likes to shake things up. Sounds so, like a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, no, he's close <laughs> enough. Finish him. Well, no, he's going to finish Doug Marone on Sunday. So, I don't know. I, I There are some, you know, areas of concern, but, you know, Overall, like you have some bright spots and you put Trevor Lawrence in there with Swinney or any capable head coach. And I think, you know, you're on the right track. So I'll, I'll lean optimistic on this one. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about them. Like you mentioned a couple of the players, Chark Robinson, um, you just want to see, you know, what they do after they get Trevor, um, the, the smart the, the GM in me says, you know, go offensive lineman. It seems like they have decent players at their skilled positions. They're not great, but they're decent. So go offensive line to protect them, which the Bengals didn't do. They went with T Higgins in the second round. You want to, you want to get somebody to fortify and protect his ass and go defensive line, you know, try to control the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think they're going to be okay. Also, we want to look at, you know, where they're playing. They're playing the AFC South. So, what, they're playing against the Tennessee Titans, who looks like they give up a ton of points on on, on defense. Uh, you're playing against Houston, who God knows they're in trouble because, you know, <laughs> they don't even have a first-round pick this year. Um, Thanks, and then, Bill. Right. And then you have the Colts, who are going to need a new quarterback after this year. Now, they're, now, the Colts probably have the best offensive line in the division, mm -hmm. and they probably have – the best defense in the in the division, but they're going to have to get a leader. So, um, you know, you can start to rebuild and build around Trevor, and who knows, maybe in a year or two, they could, you know, they could be, um, they could be a difference maker in the league. Um, but another team that we've been speaking about that I think we're getting more optimistic about, switching gears a little bit to baseball, is the Padres. The Padres making big moves, huh? 
Padres or the same are old result. Huge moves. <laughs> huge. I hear they're trying to get Tanaka now because apparently the Yankees aren't going to sign Tanaka back. Tanaka's like, I'm going to go back to Japan. And Padres like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a number four spot for you. This team, it's ridiculous. A.J. Preller, you did this once before. So that's why you get you get a little bit of side eye from me. But you're bringing in some quality talent. You know, you got Blake Snell. You gave up some prospects. You know, prospects, they could be good. They could turn out to be nothing. So that's the thing. You're going to mortgage your future for right now. That's the play you should be making because you have Machado. You have Hosmer. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. You traded for Clevenger. Yeah, Clevenger's out, but... Blake Snell is still under control. So now you have Clevenger and Snell as your one and two. Uh, Denilson Lamette, he still has some shoulder issues nagging from the season, but if he gets right, he proved last year that he is a talented, talented player. And you just traded for Hugh Darvish. So yeah, Hugh Darvish this year is going to be your number three. But in, in a regular season with, with Mike Clevenger, he's your number four. And if you get Tanaka, <laughs> flip a coin. Tanaka or Darvish, one of that one of those guys is your number five. And that's not even taking into account that Mackenzie Gore might play, might make his major league debut this year. And he is the guy that is untouchable, according to AJ Preller. Not only did they get you Darvish, but they also pried away Victor Caratini. Yeah, from, that, so, which yeah. is a, another good move. You know, he's proven himself to be, you know, on the come as far as catching prospects go. So, I mean, I like what he's doing. I mean, it's splashy, but splashy in the right way, not just sign a bunch of guys and go from there. So, I mean, I'm very bullish right now on the Padres and, you know, they had they also had a year of playoff experience, so sky's the limit. I mean, you know, a lot of people are giving them a hard time because they gave up all their prospects, but it's like this is what teams do when they're close to winning a championship, right? We saw the Dodgers do it this past season. Like, they unloaded their prospects to get Mookie Betts. You look at what the Lakers did. They unloaded talent to get, um, you know, Anthony Davis – these are this is what teams that are close do. Um, whether it turns out turns into fruition, we might be a year or two away from seeing how it's going to work out. But you gotta you gotta love it. You gotta really love the pitching. I mean, come on. No, it, it, they are so deep in the rotation that they're definitely going to give teams fits this year. And you know who's to say he's done. We can't say that with any degree no, of certainty. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, the, the way AJ Preller does his business, I mean, if they have the funds, why not go get Trevor Bauer too? Exactly. Go, I was about to say, like, on. there's, I think, ten of the top fifteen free agents are still available. Like, where, you know, I mean, Trevor Bauer seems to be meeting with the Blue Jays. Um, I think he's going to meet with the Mets too. But, you know, there's no reason why he can't go. No. To San Diego for he wants a one year deal. That's what he wants. So give it to him. Well, who cares? Um, but we're gonna see what happens. Um, and just you know, switch gears again. 
one team that's, you know, I think they're still struggling from, you know, maybe not acquiring enough assets or not making the necessary news to be better are the Golden State Warriors. Mm, they're having a tough time getting out of the gate, getting blown out by the Bucks and the Nets. Currently 2-2, two and two, fifth place in the division. So what say you? They're just missing Clay. There's something deeper going on here. Well, we're gonna get when we get to our order up segment. I do have a uh, a very um, algorithmic way that I, that I uh, discussed. I know because you're a Golden State lover. Like you, I'm think... not a Golden State lover, but I respect them. The to me, the the Golden State Warriors are like New Jersey Devils. I hate their guts, but I respect them. You know, as champions. With them, I'm looking at their point differential. I mean, There's literally one guy on the team from the championship run right now. <laughs> and you know what? That was Marty Verdure. So it's perfect. It's a, it's a perfect analogy. So the guys changed around Steph Curry, but, you know, the results aren't there. I mean, they're averaging 110, 111 points a game. They're giving up 124. So defense is definitely going to – is an issue. You know, differential – they're at minus 13 and a half. That's not good. You know, you need to, you need to tighten that up and you're still working. I mean, they're not used to having a big man, you know, James Wiseman, right. yes. you know, they're, that's not yeah. how they play. So right. the last, the right. last guy they had was what? Andrew Bogut. Like Andrew Bogut yeah. is nothing. So it makes you wonder, do they make the play for James Harden? Do, do they do that? But hmm. it, it remains to be seen. Right now, I mean, you you also don't have the luxury of a full season to kind of work work these kinks out. So, nope. you know, I don't know. I don't think Myers is the kind of guy that would panic, but I don't know when he flips the switch. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're not top five in any offensive or defensive categories. Uh, they, they really look powerless against teams that have superstars. Um, you know, they did beat the Pistons by 10, but that's, that's the Pistons. You should um, beat the Pistons. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should beat the piss out of the Pistons. Uh, they, they, you know, in my opinion, they do need clay. Um, you know, despite how good Wiseman's been and he's proven legit. I mean, he's really good, but they have to change their style to play where we're an outside inside team and we're not going to try to outscore you like we've done in previous years. I mean, if you think back to when Clay and Durant were there and um, and Green, you know, they were getting pulled in the third quarter because the game was over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Steph's doing all he can. He's averaging almost 27 points a game, but he, he can't do it all. And you can't expect him to play all the games either. If they take him out, uh, James, James Wiseman can't carry the team. So uh, I think one of the things that needs to happen if they're going to compete for a championship, like you want them to compete for a championship, I think Wiggins needs to average more than 20 points a game. Right now he's only averaging 17. That's not going to get it done. And that's not what they brought him there to do. They brought him there to be the number two guy right now. He's, I think he might be the number three or number four guy. Uh, Cause it, right now it's really Steph and Wiseman. So, uh, but at what, they, point, at what point do we just say this is who Andrew Wiggins is? You know, how, how many years do we have to wait for him to blossom? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know because 
he definitely has the talent. I mean, I've seen him play, and he has he has the ability. It's, he's just not consistent with it. Uh, I think everyone wants him to be. Everyone wants him to be more like. I guess they thought he was going to be like a Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. But he's clear. He's clearly not that. But I think he could be a Donovan Mitchell, which is what he should be aiming for, and that's definitely in his his capability or, uh, or Jamal Murray. Yeah. He, he can be that good. Um, it just seems like he takes himself out of the game at points where he's standing around watching instead of cutting to the basket or fighting for a rebound. Uh, so, and, and he, he never really gained enough weight for me. I thought he mm-hmm. would have gained, you know, 10 to 15 pounds and, and been, been more of a, a four yeah. or, I mean, I'm sorry, more of a three. Yeah. And I would have, I mean, to replace Clay's shooting ability, I would have personally tried to bring in JJ Redick. I mean, he is a sniper. Ugh, I know I you hate, hate JJ Redick, but you got to admit he is a friggin' he's a sniper. Ugh. So a, a guy of that caliber, maybe Ugh. not JJ Redick, but uh, you know, Kyle Corver, a Kyle Corver type. You know, I something? like Kyle Corver better. Okay, God, Kyle Corver better. JJ okay, Redick. but you need some. You need somebody to who's going to be able to Dear hit Lord, those daggers. JJ Redick. You need you need uh, a dagger shooter, man. And if you're going to try and replicate what you had with the Splash Brothers, but they're they're still learning a new way of playing. It was a truncated offseason. It was a truncated training camp. You know, like they're going to. I don't know if they're going to. You know. I don't know if they're going to be as dominant as we hoped they would be or as the Warrior fans hoped they would be, but I think they will. They'll, they'll right the ship and they'll round into form, but, you know, it, it might take a couple tweaks. So we'll, we'll have to see about that. I saw J.J. Reddick giving advice to Eric Bledsoe. I was like, I wanted Eric Bledsoe to be like, dude, just get away from me. Just get the hell away from me. Go, go stand over there. <laughs> just go stand over there. Go shoot over there. I'm going to shoot over here. You go shoot over there. Jesus. Order up. All right, boys and girls. So you know the drill. We rank them. This week, it's the top five NBA teams right now. Granted, order up segment. Order it up. We are ordering it up for you. Granted, they've only been five games, but you know what? It's a representative enough sample size that we can put together who we think are the best right now. So for me, I was looking at four key statistics. Points per game, opposing points per game, the differential between the two, and the record. So those are the four things, the four components to my ranking. And here we go from the bottom up. Number five, the Brooklyn Nets. So ultimately, their differential is pretty damn good at plus 10. But, I mean, granted, they're only three and two right now. So there's room for improvement. This team is definitely starting, you know, they're getting to know each other still. Uh, what really troubles me is their oppose, uh, opponent's point per game. They're averaging 111 points. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Averaging that. That's their average. So not great. Number four for me, the Lakers. They're in the same boat as the Nets, but what gave me the edge for the, for the Lakers is that they play in the West. 
the I mean, in the East, the Nets will right the ship quickly, right? The differential for the Lakers is 11, plus 11. They're scoring uh, averages of uh, 120, but they're giving up 109. So, you know, again, three and two, not great. For me, number three, you're going to love this one. Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. They have a really decent differential at plus eight and a half. Again, the opposing points per game, they're averaging 120 points against. So that is definitely something that Jeez. that you got to worry about. Even though, you know, three and one, that record might be a little bit deceiving. That's one of the reasons why Sacramento isn't on this list, because they're actually a negative in points differential. And they were <laughs> they started out three and one. Orlando, Orlando is four and one, and they're not even on the list. So, you know, it goes to show you, like, I like teams that kind of, sort of, maybe sometimes play defense. Maybe Orlando still is a basketball team? Well, I mean, <laughs> considering the fact that the Tampa Raptors kind of took their shine, I'm, I'm not surprised. Oh, the, the Tampa Raptors finally got a win, too. Good Over the Knicks. Way, you know, yeah. Way to go, boys. Because Julius Randle was exhausted and, like, broke his knee. Like, I've been carrying this fucking team. My back is killing me. My back is broken. I'm out, man. Get me out of here. <laughs> and number two for me, the Sixers. Granted, their differential isn't as good at plus six, 6.6, but they are averaging opposing points per game under 100 points. So that definitely is something that plays for me. And they're four and one, so that definitely helps matters. But for me, the number one, because... Not only are they at a, a plus 10.6 differential, but they're holding their opponents to an average of 98 points, the Phoenix Suns. Mm. So what say you? Oh, I, li- I, like, I like the teams you got there. We share a lot of the teams. Um, so my number five team is actually the Phoenix Suns. And it's just because mm. I think, think they're young and uh, they're looking really good. You could see how Chris Paul has made a difference to that team. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's playing really well. Uh, Devin Booker is a stud. He's averaging like 20 points a game. And Mikael Bridges is coming along, which is huge. If he, could, if, he could, if he could play and be their number four guy, like their guy they can count on, they're going to be okay. Um, my number four team is actually the Boston Celtics, and that's because Tatum and Brown are proving that they can carry the team. Now, can they carry them to a championship? Eh, I'm not sure sorry about that, but they should be able to carry them into a three or a four spot. And, you know, anything can happen once they get into the bubble or when it gets into the playoffs. We have the same number three team, the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> they only lost to the Nets by four points. And you said it. It's Trey Young. It's Bondanovic. It's Collins. It's Reddish. Clint Capella got hurt, but it's Clint Capella. Like, they're, they're playing very well, very high level. I like what I'm seeing down there. Uh, my number two team is Brooklyn Nets. I mean, you got Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert playing their way there, playing. It's going to be tough to beat the Nets. And the other thing is, is what I'm seeing, and you might disagree with me and our listeners might disagree with me, but it, it's looking to me that, yeah, you know, Durant is probably the best player on the team, but it's Kyrie's team really do think that i really believe that i think this is Kyrie's team the way he's carrying himself the way he's playing 
But he's making an example. If I may, if I may interject before you get to your number one, we've seen this before with Kyrie. When it's going well, it's going well. I when they have a losing streak, then get back to me as far as Kyrie Irving. That's that's all I gotta say yeah. about him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and the number one team for me is the Lakers. They're just too formidable. I mean, it's just not fair. I mean, Harold is really making a difference there, grabbing all the boards. And I loved, I love the pickup of um, uh, Schroeder. Ha! Oh, huge, huge. It's a huge difference because mm-hmm. LeBron doesn't have to bring up the ball anymore. I mean, they're it's, 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 it's so it's, good. It's, they're talking extension already. It's he's he's good. He's so good. He's such a good player. He's better than Rondo. Come on, he's better than Rondo. He might be the best point guard uh, LeBron's had in a in in years. In years. And you want to know why? Because he got the hell out of Atlanta. I'm just saying. No offense. Peace no. and love to the city of Atlanta. Hey, well, man, he's he. You know, Atlanta's moved on in a positive way, so they don't really need him anymore. But damn, he's good. Damn, he's good. Maybe way too early, but uh, this is why we uh, we watch the games to make way too early picks. Time to see what's cooking this weekend. Sponsored by As You Eat It, only on YouTube. That's A Z You Eat It. Check it out today. Speaking of picks, how'd you do last week, brother? I won 10 games. I'm hulking out. Nice. And I won my fantasy championship. Hello. Nice. I only won eight last week. A couple of, you know, a couple of picks uh, didn't turn out like I hoped. And uh, a couple of the Jets, the Jets screwed us. I think the, the Jets. Well, is it, was it the Jets more so the Browns? Well, the Browns didn't have oh, any wide yeah, receivers. The, so no Browns. Yeah. We didn't know that was going to yeah, happen. Browns. The Colts. Yeah, Colts. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles. Well, we got a Houston. Hopefully, we'll get a get right game this week. Um, starting off with the Dolphins at the Bills. Who are you taking? I wish I could make a dolphin noise, but I don't know what they sound like. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm taking Buffalo because just because the game's in Buffalo, I think it's going to be tough for uh, Tua to go up there and win the game. I think he plays very well. I think it's a close game, but, you know, if it snows, uh, I can't see them winning. No, I mean, the Fitzy factor not being there, it definitely it sways them. It sways me away from Miami. I would have taken them if Fitzy was healthy. He's not, so I'm going with Buffalo as well. All right, so then we have Atlanta and Tampa Bay. I'm actually going to take Atlanta. They, they're going to play for pride. I don't think Tampa's going to play the whole game. Atlanta's going to play for pride, but they're going to play defense. So, at the end of the day, I mean, Gabbert might not move the ball once he's in the game, but the Brady's going to do enough early on to where it's comfortable. I'm going to take the Bucks. Okay. Uh, and then uh, major playoff implications, you got the Giants and Dallas. I think the Giants will win based on their defense. They play excellent defense. The Giants will win. They will win the division and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. And screw up their draft it, Well, <laughs> I mean, they're ahead of schedule, so they already screwed their draft picks. So let's uh, – why not get a division? Well, well, no. Well, here's the deal. Like, if they were to lose the game and – 
not make the playoffs. I think they get like the number nine pick or the number they get, but they get somewhere between nine and 12. If they don't make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs. It goes all the way up to like 20. Well, it, it becomes, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things as a fan that you've seen such dreck from this team in the past few years that even like a backwards cover like this one and getting a division championship with a, a thoroughly mediocre team, I mean, I'll take it. I mean, a win is a win is a win. I'll take, I'll take it. it. I'll take it. You know what? If the, the Seahawks could beat the Saints with a 7-9 and nine team, the Giants could, you know, you just got to get in. You just got to get in. All right. I am taking the Jets over New England. I think they're done. They don't really care anymore. I, did, did you think we would say this? Like at the beginning, you know, as the year progressed, that we would both be taking the Jets against the Patriots at some point. Well, I, I, well, I actually picked the Jets over the Patriots the first time they played. That was, I was delusional then, I guess. Yeah, but this um, fever dream I, of I, uh, a winning streak from the Jets. It's a little, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, they're screwing themselves so hard. <sighs> so you taking? I got game. the Jets. Okay, yeah. yeah, me too. Um, Minnesota and Detroit. I don't think Stafford's playing, so I'm gonna take Cousins and Detroit. I mean, to Cousins and uh, Minnesota. It's definitely gonna be a close game, just because Dalvin Cook's not gonna play as well. But Matson's good, though. No, Matson's, Alexander Matson not... is good, but he's not as dynamic he's as good. Dalvin Cook. You know? No, no, no. But no. Uh, he's a he's a good handcuff, you know. But um, you know what? I'll take the Lions. Why not? The, the the Vikings have been wholly unimpressive. Yeah. Um. So and then I'm gonna take Cleveland over Pittsburgh, and that's kind of like a desperation pick because I think if Cleveland doesn't win this game, I I think the Browns are gonna decline Baker's fifth year option. <laughs> wow. Oh man. That that would that's a bold pick right there. So I mean Jimmy Haslam has shown that he's He'll make risky moves. So I don't know. I mean, it's they're set up. You, I mean, but it would be the most Cleveland Brown thing in the world for them to lose. So yes, I, I take the Browns. I mean, I mean, Mason Rudolph. But what, what more can you say? Right. Uh, I think. Let me see what this is. Okay, I'm taking Baltimore over Cincinnati. Baltimore losing. That no, game. they can't. And, you know, Cincinnati has shown some pride. They've shown some heart. But ultimately, they, the Ravens need this game. And yeah, the, the Ravens, the Ravens need desperately game. need this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Carolina over New Orleans, basically, because uh, New Orleans already – oh, no, New Orleans hasn't locked up the one spot, right? They have to win this game. Man, they got they they still have something to play for, but uh, yeah. not Malvin Kamara is definitely something that uh, they... Murray's good though. Murray's good, but I do I do like Carolina, and this is the divisional yeah. game. These divisional games in the South are tough, so I'm sticking with Carolina. But yeah, they're New Orleans can't rest anybody. They got to no, play. Their they got to play their guys, and you know what, Michael Thomas, you got to friggin' show up. I'm sorry. No, he's oh, out. He's oh, out. He didn't he's show out. up at all. That's perfect. <laughs> He's out. He's Did hurt. He score a touchdown He's this year? No. No, I won my fantasy championship without him playing more than three games and without him scoring a touchdown. Hmm. Makes you wonder about him, doesn't it? 
I'm going to yeah. take the Panthers. No Kamara. No shot for the Saints. Uh, I'm taking Washington over Philly just because Washington does play excellent defense. And I think Alex Smith is back. This Both week. teams play decent defense. And, I mean, Alex Smith, I mean, it was it was touch and go last time I heard. But if he's back in, that definitely would weigh me towards them. But, yeah, I mean – it, this is a tough game to pick. I'm going to take the football team as well. Okay. Um, and then I'm taking Seattle over San Francisco. I'm going to take the Niners. I don't know. I just okay. got a feeling, you know, that, uh, again, division game, it's going to be a tough one. And it'll be extra sweet if they can knock off the Seahawks in the last week. Okay. I am taking – uh, Arizona over LA. I believe Goff is out, and they, and they have to start the rookie out of Wake Forest. So I don't see how LA is going to win like that. Stack the box. Malcolm Brown's got no shot. They're you know they're going to try and run the ball down the Cardinals' throat. The problem is, is that they're not going to be able to do it. So I'm going to take the Cardinals. Yeah, um, taking Indy over Jacksonville because. <laughs> Jacksonville's done. They've been done since week one. Now, wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something if they open the season with a win against the Colts and close the season with a win against the Colts? What a disaster. That would be right? freaking awesome. That being said, I can't do it. I'm going to take the Colts. They need this game. As much as the Ravens taking, need the game, the Colts need this game. I'm taking Tennessee over Houston for the same reason Tennessee needs to win to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, it should or get off the pot time. You really got – you guys want to talk about how good your run game is and how good your offense is. Now's the time to show it. I'm taking Vegas to beat Denver. Um, because I think Vegas is a better team. Vegas is a better team, but eh, they just – they haven't shown me anything as of late. So, you know what? I'm going to take the Broncos. Why not? It's the last week of the season. I'll take it. <laughs> Drew Locke, Drew baby. Locke. Uh, I'm taking Kansas City over the Chargers because even even the Chargers always find a way to lose. Chad Henney's starting a quarterback, and the Chiefs are going to likely rest a lot of their players. We're getting a shot of Henney this weekend, but I'm going to take the Chargers. You know, they're going to play for pride, and unfortunately, that means that Anthony Lynn's going to keep his job. Hmm. Uh, my upset is I'm taking the Bears over Green Bay, and the Bears will make the playoffs. That's what I got. Wow. Wow. <laughs> which makes you wonder, which makes you wonder, now, if you're the owner of the Bears, you're like, well, wait a minute. We benched Mitchell Trubisky. Now he led us to the playoffs. He finishes the season with a winning record. <laughs> so who's leaving? Nagy or... Trubisky, because one both one of them got to go. The GM. <laughs> there it is. Pace, <laughs> Ryan Pace. Pace. Goodbye. Uh, Adios, muchacho. Oh my god! Take your friend with you. Take Nagy with you. <laughs> he he can go coach the Jets after Adam Gase clear fumigates the after yeah. they fumigate the office. Oh, you're right. You're right. He would go to the Jets. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you heard it here first, boys and girls. The next coach of the Pace Jets. on his way out. He's like. Pace when he's on his way out, he's like, uh, "Do you guys validate? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Get out! No. All right, so who are you taking? The Bears? Or I'm going to take the Packers. 
Okay, that's easy. All right. Well, that's our picks for this week. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Friday nights on Anchor, a Spotify, or other uh, premium outlets where you can hear podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.